welcome, and thank you for joining us here on Doctrinal Studies with Dr. Tab. For those of you who don't know, Dr. M.H. Tab was born into God's family almost 56 years ago by the wonderful grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. He then served as a Christian school principal, Bible Institute teacher, administrator, and assistant pastor. In 1980, God then called Dr. Tab to establish Gulf Coast Baptist Church, where he pastored for 40 years. He continues his service now as the founder of Gulf Coast Bible Institute, preacher, and author of over 46 doctrinal books. Let us now open our Bibles together with Dr. Tab as our guide and rightly divide the word of truth here on Doctrinal Studies with Dr. Tab. Today we're going to deal with a subject that can be uh, great grief or concern to parents when an infant dies, uh, whether it's a stillborn or infant death or they die very young or whatever the case might be. Uh, and a lot of parents are concerned, what happened to my child? Is my child in heaven? Did my child cease to exist? And we're going to try to cover that issue for the next few minutes as to what happens when infants, uh, very young uh, children, die. Romans 3.20 says, For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So obviously if there's no law, there can be no knowledge of sin. An infant or even a significantly mentally retarded person uh, can have no knowledge of sin for, for he has no law. And Romans 4.15 says, where no law is, there's no transgression. So if there's no law, then there can be no sin. If there's no sin, there's no transgression because transgression, a sin is the transgression of the law, 1 John 3, 4 says. In Romans 2, verses 14 and 15, we read this, for when the Gentiles lost, non-saved, which have not the law, do by nature the things contained in the law, these having not the law, are a law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness, and the thoughts the meanwhile uh, accusing or else excusing one another. In other words, a lost person knows he shouldn't go around stealing from people. They know they shouldn't be murdering people. It's written in, in their hearts. And so uh, the heathen then are not included in these exceptions to the law that Romans talks about where there's no law and so forth because their conscience provides an unwritten law in their hearts. And if they break the law that's in their conscience, then that's a transgression of the law written in their heart. Now, of course, their infants are just like Christians' infants. They, they uh, don't fit those things. Romans 5.13 says, For until the law, sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed. Now get that, sin is not imputed when there is no law. Uh, why is it not imputed? Why, which means, why is it not put to the account of the sinner when there's no law? Well, I gave you 1 John 3, 4 a minute ago, and here's what it says. Whosoever committeth the sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. So if there's no law, there can be no sin, because you can't transgress what does not exist. Leviticus 4, verses 13 and 14 says, And if the whole congregation of Israel sin against 
or rather through ignorance, sin through ignorance, and the thing be hid from the eyes of the assembly, and they have done somewhat against any of the commandments of the Lord concerning things which should not be done, and are guilty when the sin which they have sinned against it is known. Then the congregation shall offer a young bullock for the sin and bring him before the tabernacle of the congregation. In that same chapter, Leviticus 4, verses 22 and 23, says, When a ruler hath sinned and done somewhat through ignorance against any of the commandments of the Lord, uh, his God, concerning things which should not be done, and is guilty, or if his sin wherein he hath sinned come to his knowledge, he shall bring in his offering a kid of the goat, say, uh, a male without blemish. In other words, when they sin in ignorance, once they realize they have sinned, then they're to do something about it. Romans chapter 7, verse 8, he says, But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. Concupiscence is uh, lustful desires and so forth. And Paul said, said, um, when the commandment came, it brought all that to his heart, these lustful desires and things. But before that, without the law, sin was dead. So an infant having no law, having no knowledge of sin, and therefore no transgression of, of the law, cannot have sin imputed to his account. Uh, you know, so much for that religious claptrap about original sin. Just like Adam and Eve, babies do not become sinners until they acquire uh, the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, Genesis 2.17 says, Of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt surely die. In Genesis 3, verse 5, the devil uh, talking to Eve says, For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God's knowing good and evil. Genesis 3, 7, uh, And the eye, after they ate the forbidden fruit, the eyes of them both were opened, just like the devil predicted, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. In other words, they suddenly became a of their sinful nature. Genesis 3.22, And the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. Again, just like Satan predicted. And now, lest he put forth his hand and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. <clears throat> that is in the condition of a sinner. Now, uh, that gives us a good indication uh, that a child has acquired the knowledge of good and evil. Uh, when that child becomes concerned about covering his nakedness. That's, wh that's when Adam and Eve realize, hey, we're naked before God. we got a problem here. As long as Adam and Eve were innocent, they were oblivious to their own nakedness. Uh, and that's the innocence of small children. The fact then is established that infants are covered by God's special grace up to some point in life, just like Adam and Eve were. Without law, there's life. Uh... And no sin. When the law appears, sin is kindled and spiritual death occurs. Romans 7 verse 11, for sin taking occasion by the commandment deceived me and by it slew me. In other words, I died spiritually once I've gained the knowledge of good and evil, once I realize I'm breaking the law is sin against God. That's why the Bible says in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is a death. When sin appears at the coming of the commandment, the result is spiritual death. And you have to do something about it. Either get under conviction, repent of the sin, or have the sin on your record. Romans 7 9 
Paul said, I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Sin uh, slays him and he has to be born again in order to regain the life he lost when the law came in. Romans 9.11 pictures this. <clears throat> It says, for the children being not yet born, uh, neither having done any good or evil, listen to that now, children having done, uh, not done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. Children are elected and called of God. They're covered by God's special grace as long as they have no knowledge of good and evil. Luke 18, verse 16, <clears throat> Jesus called them unto him and said, Suffer, allow, suffer the little children, suffer little children to come unto me and forbid them not, for of such little children is the kingdom of God. Uh, you think of God's uh, genocide orders back in the Old Testament, liberating uh, entire peoples because of their immorality and their gross wickedness before God and killing everybody in the town. Uh, those children went to be with the Lord. And why? They, they were innocent, okay? Uh, and so and that's why you read in, in, in Revelation about uh, hunt, uh, tongues and peoples and nations and all that. Uh, those infants uh, will be there with the Lord. Of such is the kingdom of God. So um, the verse in Romans 9, 11, we, we just read <clears throat> the children having no, done no, not done any good or evil. Uh, and that ruins Calvinism because it shows original election to be only up to some point in life. Children are elected only as long as they do not know good and evil. At some point, the, that election is lost, just like Paul talks about, the law entered. Uh, Romans 5, 13, uh, that we read a few minutes ago. In fact, here's what it says, until the law, uh, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. So once the election is lost through the entrance of the knowledge of sin, uh, then it can only be regained by faith. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 comes in at that point. For by grace are we saved. Are you saved through faith in that? Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Infants have no faith, nor can they do any works. Titus 3, verses 4 through 7 says... Uh, but after that, the kindness uh, and love of God, our Savior, and toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior, that being justified by his grace, not by our works, but by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And it's eternal life, not temporary life. So good and evil... <clears throat> Good and evil is not the same as right and wrong. When a child may know uh, that it's wrong to pull a vase off the table because uh, by doing so he'll get his little hand slapped, he does not know that that's evil because in that it's a sin because he disobeyed his mother. Children, obey your parents. Ephesians 6, 1, not to do so then is sin. So he knows it's, he knows it's wrong. I'm going to get myself in trouble here. But he doesn't know it's a sin. Uh, take a look at Deuteronomy 21, verses 18 through 21. I won't take time now to read that. But uh, you'll see there how God, uh, God's attitude toward disobedient sons, disobedient uh, children toward their parents 
when they sin against their, the wishes of their parents. So as long as a child remains innocent of evil, he remains free of the guilt of sin, and therefore there's nothing to keep him out of uh, going to heaven. Now, that doesn't give license to claim ignorance. Those verses I gave you a while ago about if, if a person's ignorant of what he did or ruler's ignorant and so forth, that doesn't give a license to claim ignorance as an excuse to be disobedient to God. God refers to, 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 to willful ignorance in 2 Peter 3, verse 5, and it incurring his judgment. God destroyed all the complaining adult Israelites when he had uh, delivered uh, them out of Egyptian bondage. Uh, and they complained for the next 40 years, and so he had to destroy all them, but he declared their children to be innocent at that time that he brought them out. And here's why God considered them to be innocent. Deuteronomy 1, verse 39, Moreover, your little ones, those who came out of Egypt with you, but they were still little children, which he said should be a prey, and your children, which in that day had no knowledge between good and evil, shall go in thither, and unto them will I give it, and they shall possess it. So the little ones and the children were not held accountable because they had no knowledge between good and evil. Now that's why 40 years later, all of them, though their parents are now dead in the wilderness, all of them, now adults, were given the inheritance of the promised land that their fathers had forfeited through their sins, their knowledge of good and evil. Uh, those verses uh, read to you a few minutes ago in Genesis. Nowhere does God use the terms right and wrong. Sin is connected with a knowledge of good and evil. King David, he knew he was saved. He knew he'd go to be with the Lord when he died. Go to paradise in his case. Uh, but he spoke of his dead infant son as being already there, waiting for him. The child died in infancy. Second Samuel 12, verse 23, David said, Now he is dead. Can I bring him back again? Answer, no. I shall go to him. I'll go where he is. But he shall not return to me. Job said in Job 3, verses 10 through 13, that if he had died in infancy, he would have been at rest. He most certainly did not consider hell or annihilation to have anything to do with rest. When a child reaches the stage in his uh, mental development where he begins to realize what sin is, have some convictions about the things he's doing wrong, to know good and evil, at that point, the law has entered, and he becomes accountable to God for his sin. Now, that age, whatever that age is, we call it the age of accountability, but when it's reached depends on the mental capability and understanding maturity of the individual child. It might be five years old for some child. It might be eight or nine years old for some. We don't know at what point a child begins to realize what sin is. And because of that, we have to be very careful uh, to avoid making two serious mistakes that parents as, as well as personal workers and so forth often uh, make uh, toward children. First of all, we must never take for granted that a child is too young to understand. They may grasp a lot more than we realize sometimes. And so it's uh, out of order to, for a child, say an eight-year-old, to come to mom and dad and say, I want to be saved, and them to say, oh, you, don't, you don't understand that. You're, you're too young. But be careful about stuff like that. 
And the second bad mistake is we have to be careful never to force a child to a decision when apparently the child does not really understand. Uh, I've talked to a lot of a lot of people over the years who thought they got saved at four and five years old, and and for the rest of their life they had doubts about their salvation. They they didn't, uh, you know, they were mom and dad drew them along to it, and they weren't ready for it. Children can be saved. But only when once they become accountable for sin. And at that point, they need salvation as much as anybody else. So woe be unto the parent that quenches the desire of a child to come unto Jesus. He said, suffer the little children coming to me. Remember? My recommendation dealing in spiritual matters with children is just honestly and simply, in other words, on their level, answer their questions as those questions come up. If you keep them in church and you have family devotions, the questions will come up as they begin to understand more and more and put the pieces together. And then you can answer those questions on their level as they begin to um, realize and put it all together. Uh, the sins of children who have become accountable unto God have to be forgiven by the Lord in the same manner as an adult sins. In other words, through the redemptive work of the Lord Jesus Christ. First John 2.12, he says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his name's sake. There's nothing to forgive until they become accountable to the Lord until they've gained the knowledge of good and evil. Evil. I ran across a poem years ago <clears throat> uh, that absolutely explains what I'm trying to say here in a nutshell. Uh, this poem uh, I found out just recently was the epitaph found on a tombstone over four children in St. Andrew's Churchyard, Scotland. And I don't know who the author is, don't know who the children were, but here's the way the poem goes. Bold infidelity, turn pale and die. Beneath his stone, four sleeping infants lie. Say, are they lost or saved? If death is by sin, they sinned, for they are here. If heaven is by works, in heaven they cannot appear. Reason, ah, how depraved. Turn to the Bible's sacred page. The knot is untied. They died for Adam's sin. They live for Jesus died. I think that sums it up. If Adam's sin can be charged to a baby, Romans 6, 23, wages sin is death, babies can die, then so can Christ's death on number half uh, be put to their account. 1 Corinthians 15, 22, as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Since all do not receive Christ as their Savior, the only way all can be made alive in Christ is through the fact that all are born under God's special grace, as we saw in Romans 9:11, and remain under that special grace until they reach that age of accountability, realizing what sin and wickedness is and good and evil and a violation of God's law. And from that point, they must be born again. I trust this will be a blessing and a help to someone who maybe has lost a child.